from grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Yes, yes. All right, that's a new one too. I mean, you could have at least gone like multicultural with it, like CC, yeah, yeah. Should I just be like, mm-hmm, and then crack a beer, like. <laughs> so before the show, I was like, "Hey, Brian, do you want a beer?" <sighs> what does that mean? Like, <laughs> well, I meant yes. It was a grunt. It was, and it wasn't like a uh huh. It was like just a. Uh. And then you named two beers, and and then you were like, "You want this beer? Well, this beer." And I was like, <laughs> "You said." You want both? And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. So we're ripping some Earth Rider Brewery beer. Yeah. Um, uh, still cold from last week. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, precious material. Hellas yeah, Lager. Uh, what did you think of the precious material? And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, you know, it's. A decent Hellas. I finished mine. It was it was good. Dude, I'm working on because I got we got to get to the Superior Pale Ale. Here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna wait and open that when you. Open you're gonna. Yours. You're gonna hear, well, while, hear while you're me. doing that, I should add, read some ads, huh? I'll read them up, bud. All right. Uh, so the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and the homebrewers, and now they support us. Join the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. If you'd like to become a patron. Uh, which is pretty much the greatest thing in the world. Just ask our black belt patron, Andy Thompson. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Studios and become a patron today. Uh, that gives you access to, uh, most importantly, our live stream. Uh, that's, I think, the biggest perk there. Yeah, and then I pick my nose sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you can. We have, we have a nose pick ca- uh, tally up on, the, up on the board. Dude, there are cameras in this you know, studio, and I... Constantly forget. No, that's the most important thing about the cameras is you forget that they're there. Because like some people come down, you put the camera in front of them, they get super nervous. But we hide our cameras. Yeah, but like most of the people that come down here are nervous because of the goddamn microphones anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's something you got to get used to. So yeah, and that that one goes pretty quick because you're just talking and the chatting helps. True. And then you forget about the cameras, and I then you start picking your nose. I think if you don't wear headphones, it makes it a little easier. You think so? Maybe. Oh, because you don't hear your own voice. Yeah, but I like the bed. I like all the bed music, right? Yeah, or zingers, or I don't yeah, know what the, the little I, things. Uh, yeah, know. one of these days we're gonna get you a soundboard. Maybe we're gonna try it once. Hey, I uh, we used to have a soundboard back in the day. I will not abuse it. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to VineJustStudios.com. Click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage. Your Amazon shopping is normal. We get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. It really helps us out. So please do that. All right, Brian, what have you been up to since last week? Mother of Pearl. We're in the middle of the summer. We're balls deep. Woo! Uh, yeah, some shreddy balls. And, you know, honestly, it's been a, as far as weather goes here in this part of the world. It's been a pretty good summer. It has not been as humid. Uh, uh, yeah, well, considering how wet our June was. That is fair. Uh, the corn outside of the studio is... Farmer talk with Brian. Hey, <laughs> I'm a city kid, so <laughs> I, I was never really privy to watching the corn. Gr- and they're always like, Niha Bajala. You know, and, and it truly... Well, farmers just like shit that rhymes. Well, I like shit that rhymes, too. Does that make me a fucking farmer? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> can you Can you grow corn? I can do anything if you, you know, whatever. 
Anyway, yeah, the corn is almost chest high now. Like, it only took a few days. It's been good heat uh, and a lot of rain. Yep. Which is different than last year. It was just brutal goddamn heat. Yep. You remember the 4th of July last year? It was like 102 degrees. Vaguely. Right, and this year was like 78, but... I vaguely remember uh, that, too. uh, Right. So, yeah, it's been an interesting year. We haven't recorded since the 4th, have we? No. How was was the 4th celebration down at the Barrel? Well, so in in downtown Hudson, they don't... They do the celebration on the 5th. Oh, that's right, for uh, Pepperfest or whatever. No, or... Pepperfest is in, like, August. Okay. We're talking about Booster Day. Booster Day. what you're thinking of. So, yeah, it went great. Uh, we had two tap stations down at the park. And you uh, you, uh, you guys chilled on the on the rooftop and watched the fireworks. Damn stuff, right. right? Um, uh, it's, you know, we're, we're a river town in Hudson, and then, you know, the studio here is in River Falls, which is, what, about six, seven miles from... Five. Five from yeah. Hudson, depends, crow, as the crow flies. Yep. Uh, but downtown Hudson is kind of a river valley. Well, it's not kind of, it is. Yeah, it is. It's right on the river. Yep, and so our brewery is very, very close You're to the river. from the river. Yep, and, you know, we embrace that with 12-ounce cans of beer. Letter fair, so our off sale's been through the roof. It's awesome. Uh, we've had some great beers uh, like the Lemon Breaker Shandy and the Hop and Barrel Light that are killing it, and we're happy. Woo-woo. Appreciate everybody buying all all of the off sales. Uh, you know, making some good stuff. Got a sour, our first kettle sour. Have When's we that talked coming about out? This on the air, we we we've we've talked about it, but we haven't had it yet. It's out. And you didn't bring any because you fucking hate me or because you never bring beer down to the studio? Is is that the thing? I am a selfish bastard. Yeah. So um, Sunday on DOO, you're bringing some sour down for our beer to try, right? I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we've got a, a ke- our first kettle sour, uh, and then we kind of let her buck for a little bit more than... What, 32, 36 hours? We let it go for about 48 because uh, our pH was... Wasn't where you wanted it. No, 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 no. It wasn't, right. So we had, like, wrapped this plastic wrap around the stack, put a little thing in there with a CO2 bleed into the kettle uh, just to make sure that... There's a night blanket on it. Right, to oxidate. We didn't want to oxidate the... Um, the wort. Give oxygen into the wort or the lactic acid. But doesn't... Um, la- no, is it lactobacillus or... Um, which one needs oxygen? Is it bretomyces? They all want oxygen. Okay. But uh, uh, bret is actually a yeast. Yeah, well, so yeah, and yeast wants oxygen too. Yep, cause for sterile synthesis. Yes. Yeah. So if you've got the yeast book... Uh, Which we're going to be diving into in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, here. sterile synthesis, in short, is adding oxygen pre-fermenter. Uh, like, you would push the wort onto the yeast in a conical. You'd pitch first and then push wort into the yeast colony. Uh, and, the you know, do you, you don't use an oxidation stone when you transfer. When I transfer? What do you mean? Well, so when from, you... From the kettle into the... Yeah. Yeah, use a no-two stone. Got it. So Well, I, I, I have a stick that I put in there and r- run the thing. Right. So we have a, a tubular piece of equipment mm-hmm. that... Well, there's a, um, a gallon meter before it, and that tells us how much is going into the fermenters. 
uh, and then the oxygenation stone, and then we've got a. Uh, I'm I'm using my hands. We've got about a four and a half or five foot uh, tall oxygen tank that is chained to the brew deck, and we feed oxygen into the beer before it goes into the fermenter. And what that ends up doing is. Uh, like gives it that, that initial growth spurt. Yep, it's a it's called sterile synthesis. Look it up, blah blah, and it it uh helps the colonies grow. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that oxygen is eaten up from the growth phase, like that's when you need to have zero oxygen in your because in then your you're gonna then you're creating alcohol instead of because once it, I, I read somewhere and it may have been in the East book that once the oxygen is gone, that's when you start getting that the anaerobic reaction yep. where you're getting the that's, alcohol instead of NCO2. Yep. That's when they start seeking out food to uh, sustain themselves because, uh, you know, just like we're multicellular organisms, yeast is a one cell organism. And we're like, just like bags of yeast, man. Well, <laughs> the best example I ever heard was, uh, you know, yeast, they like to, uh, they like to eat the simplest sugar, but it's more like they like to party. So they like to do the most simple job and party and, uh, you know, and get, and get wasty and then go to sleep. So that's kind of what they do. They eat, they eat and poop out alcohol and CO2. And then, I mean, that's why you have, like, you guys are home brewers. You get it. Like, you get the the CO2 goes out of the blow-off tube, and that's, like, half the molecular weight. Yep. You know, and, like, in the last episode, we were I gave a really vague description of how, like, a crude description of how alcohol by volume is, is uh, calculated by, you know, sugar in the Well, that would be alcohol solution. by weight, wouldn't it? Right, which, which gives us the... Alcohol by yeah. volume, which is not <clears throat> too far of it. Four percent by uh, weight is three point two by volume. So yeah. if you really want to get technical about it, well, I mean, yeah, we're homebrewers. Of course, we want to get technical. <laughs> <For> <laughs> fun. True, true. So all right, um, yeah. So that was just what that wasn't even the fucking discussion topic. We just kind of went into a yeast discussion tangent. That was fun. Um, Right. Do you need another coaster, man? We got more coasters. We got coasters. We got coasters for days. And you, you 3D some printed some coasters. I did. Too, which yeah, they're around very fond here. Of. And, um, yeah. So what have I been up to, beer related? So I pulled a Brian, and I don't think I saved my wad uh, for for this. Um, I'm trying to think. Shit. It's well. So the fourth happened. Um, had it was just like a really good light beer day. I had a buddy bring by. Um, some sours that he made. We drank some sours. It was. I don't know what it is. This has just been kind of like the summer of sours. Everybody's everybody's having some like. That's what I didn't finish. Was the the. Oh yeah, that's what you're talking about. Sour. Yeah, the kettle sour. Yeah, go go ahead, dude. I I bet Bjorn. <laughs> Bjorn has half an email already about how Brian didn't finish it. He's just like an unofficial co-host at this point. Uh, can we? Skype him in. I mean, we'll we'll figure something. something. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that off air. All right, all right. Anyway, so yeah, kettle sour, blah blah. We did a collaboration with uh, what was it, Badger Hill. Uh, love those guys. Been friends with Timmy since before beer. You know, BB. You know, uh, mid two thousands. Okay. Uh, but yeah, kettle sour. Uh, we're gonna do it another time. Yeah, when you bring some. 
Oh, that's right. You were giving me shit about that, too. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, you know what? I haven't given you shit about not bringing beer for like 20 episodes, so I, mean, I had to come up I'm with some point. I'm going to give you a shove in the yard. Well, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? I, I supply I beer all the time. <laughs> all right. No, you're totally right. I never bring beer. All right. I should always bring beer. All right, let's go. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. So um, me, beer-related beer things. Uh, yeah, no, the fourth happened. Uh, drink a lot of light beers, a lot of sours. Um, yeah, other than that, nothing super exciting. Haven't been anywhere. Have we done a show since I got back from San Jose? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Couldn't couldn't remember. I think I'm making an I don't know face right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. So I went to San Jose. That was a thing that I did. Um, didn't really have any specific beers. Like, I, I don't know why, but everything I found out, like, there, there, there's a few, like breweries in the town but i wasn't able to make it to any of them so i'm a terrible tourist no i but mostly i was working so honestly like every time i've gone for a work thing i i do my best to to bring the yeah you know fly over country midwest beers to the east or west coast which is usually how it goes you know the last time I went to modern times and like i oh man set, modern times is so good i set them up with a bunch of beer and their brewers gave me more beer than i could take home and i was like you need to stop giving me beer i said i will not uh, i can't take it all home so they were really cool I was in san diego but anyway all right um yeah so should we just kind of dive into our uh, our discussion topic absolutely all right uh so we're going to talk about uh mash rest today uh this started i was like digging in and we had a listener, uh, you know, kind of sending a thing, Bjorn. Who? Uh, <laughs> Who? I, I said. Uh, and uh, he wanted to know more about the free like acid rest, which we had brought up a few times. And we kept uh, kind of waving it off like, oh, we'll talk about that in another show. We'll talk about that in another show. And I'm like, well, you know what? Let's actually talk about it on a show instead of just saying that we will. The, yeah. And these mash rests are you can get. So deep in all this stuff. Yeah, we're so gonna we're we gonna have talk to try about to keep it. We're gonna talk about two pretty surface. And yeah, and we're gonna we're we're gonna kind of do uh, upper level on some of this stuff. Uh, we're gonna get deep on a little bit. Uh, try to get you know dig in a little bit. Explain why maybe mm-hmm. not not like we're not gonna give you a PhD level dissertation on each one. Mostly because we're not that smart. Uh, <laughs> No, God damn it, we are. It's just <laughs> why we you, we could talk for hours about how this works. Yeah, so. yeah. You can you can either listen to Brian's lie or my truth. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, so we're gonna talk about the fruitic acid rest. We're gonna talk about the protein rest, um, and then we're gonna kind of talk about if we should really even do rests. Like, are they needed for most styles? And contentious. It it is very contentious, and that's why I think it'll be fun to talk about. Indeed. All right. So let's start with the fruitic acid rest. What is it, first of all? Well, it's a, a short rest. It like as in our show notes here, it's a it activates phytase enzymes. And at the root of all of this is enzymatic reaction. Enzymes are nature's catalyst. All right. Yeah, fucking a. We're drinking what Earth Rider Superior Pale Ale. Yeah, Ooh-wee. Uh, we are enjoying it. Yeah, it's uh, it's what I'm looking for in a pale ale. Not gonna lie. Well, I mean, you know, so uh, protein, nature's catalyst, enzymes. Uh, we're talking about mashing. Uh, so mashing is the the brewery term, and basically it's just adding hot water 
uh, and steeping the grain, and that hydrates barley. That activates enzymes, and that converts starches to fermentable sugars. Now, it happens on different levels. I really like Palmer's definition of it. Uh, so during malting, it, you know, you've got some debranching, uh, and that's you know his his thing is a chainsaw. Uh, Beta glucanase is a weed whacker. Proteolytic is a lawnmower. Enzymes do their work, and they prepare starches for easy access to conversion to sugar. So basically using all these, you know, different bladed instruments, uh, mashing chops up sugar chains and yeast are lazy. And I guess, you know, earlier it was sort of a yeast like to party, but they like it to be easy. So they like simple sugars. Uh, if you want your beer to attenuate, we're talking double IPA Saison, we're talking anything you want to attenuate a ton, you're going to add in those simple sugars, uh, like Belgians, shit like that. Yeah, that's uh, why you add the candy sugar mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep, because the yeast are going to attack those at first. But, uh, you know, uh, starches are extremely soluble in water, 90%. And... You know, uh, they reach their maximum solubility at 149 degrees. But as you know, uh, we can use anywhere from 109 to 113 for a ferulic. Uh, We can use. See, that's not. I have 95 to 113. And I have another (laughs) one that's 104 to 122. So here we go. And like we've talked about this a bunch of different times. Ask one, get 10 answers. So ferulic honestly is. If you really want to kind of get a little bit into that, the acid rest. Uh, so we, so we, we kind of alluded to the fact that we, you kind of, in my mind, alluded to the fact that now malts are so much more highly modified that we don't really need to necessarily worry about these so, rests. Well, and so this, um, so the ferulic acid rest started, um, I want to say, uh, like Germany or like the Bavarian uh, area. Yep. Um, way back when, um, when they were dealing with very soft water Mm -hmm. and under modified malts or just the malts that they had. So the, the biggest thing with the, uh, the biggest thing I think was the low or the, the high mash pH because the, the water was so soft and the malts weren't. Were, were what they were. They were under-modified. Yeah, were they under-modified? They so you, need, so able, you needed steps. Yep, so they weren't able to bring that pH down into where we want it, which is that 5-2 area. Yep. So we talk about, we, we have talked about water. We did a little bit more in-depth with Justin when he was yep. on. If you guys can find that episode, that was way back. That was like... Yeah, we got to get Justin around for another... 20 For, for water t- part two. So... And we can nerd out on some math. We're sitting here talking about acid rest, modification, enzymatic reaction. But if you don't have your water profile correct, if you don't have that situated, your malt, even though it's highly modified, isn't going to react in the proper fashion. Yeah. So... Well, and so if you're dealing with soft, uh, soft water, you can mitigate some of that water issues with a acid rest yep because that will um what what's the acid that that's created during a oh you're talking about oh so i see when we've got like wheat involved in the grist for a hefeweizen yeah yeah uh what we're talking about there is uh when when the mash and the enzymes are working 
we're talking about a ferulic rest, but it it gives better precursors for what we've talked about before as a POF plus. Yes. So a phenolic off flavor positive sort of like clove banana, but no banana. Well, banana, banana plays differently than clove. Yeah. Clove, the precursors from the mash doing that rest will give you good precursors to have a clove flavor. Uh, but the higher, fermentation temperature on the yeast will give you a banana flavor. We'll give you banana. So these are two different pieces. We got esters and phenols. And I always think about Esther banana, like Esther banana is the woman at the club with the fruit hat. Oh, Esther. That's Esther. I yep. thought that was Carmen. So, well, or Carmen, whatever. <laughs> but the, the phenols that, that comes from the mash Yeah, and other types of phenols like guiacol or guiacol. I don't know how you say it and whatever. I'm mean, doing my best here, but uh, another <clears throat> another phenol is smoke uh, mm-hmm. in beer. Uh, uh, that's a bad one. Correct. Uh, always bad, uh, unless that's totally what you're going for. And then, and then you still use bad. like one to two percent. <laughs> well, no, yeah, yeah. So if you're S- using send us malt, that beer so we can yell at you. Well, yeah, so you smoke malt. <laughs> don't give me smoked phenols. Is, is kind of exactly. Yeah, smoke malt and smoke phenols. Two different things. So anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, so uh, so what we accomplished with a ferulic acid rest is lo- we lower the pH of the mash and we break down uh, glucans that can gum up the mash, uh, which is kind of what we talked about. Well, and then when we're talking about gumming up a mash, like we always, I think whenever you and I talk about like rye or wheat, we're always yeah, like, so any rice hulls. Well, so it's, uh, it's, it's rye, wheat, oats, corn. Um, any adjunct that doesn't have a husk. Yes. Uh, any, yeah. Any adjunct that's kind of gelatinous that, that doesn't have a husk, uh-huh. uh, will just like, I, I'm trying to think of another term other than gum up, but it will, it'll, it'll like form a big, just seal over your manifold or your false bottom. Right. And you won't be able to get anything through. Um, so is it needed? I mean, if you're if you're using undermodified malts, like so if you're using malts that your buddy grew in his back garden, maybe. I don't know. I'd try it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe. Um, and if you have soft water with a uh, little buffering capability. Yeah. Why not? So um, at, at base, though, like from a homebrew standpoint, I guess the temperatures between 131 and 162, uh, that's what gets you your beta and your alpha amylase. Amylase. Well, that's yeah, that's what we're going to hit with the protein rest. Oh, got it. Sorry, sorry, I'm just moving the fuck ahead. No, here. no. Yeah, I'm you're sorry. just you're, you're one step ahead of me, man. <laughs> well, so I mean, since you started, do you want to talk about what the hell a protein rest is? Well, yeah. So it produces uh, maltose, and uh, that I mean, you've got protease between one thirty. I'm sorry, one thirteen and one thirty one. This is what's going to break up the large proteins, proteins that form a haze. Uh, yep, uh, but pro- proteinase is one thirty one and one thirty seven. Is what I have here, and peptidase. That's why. Is the other that's one. why we make different notes, my man. Okay. Yep. There. Uh, to me, pep like pep. Peptidase and protease are both precursors to protein, and protein is what is the enzymatic reaction that's going to help to break down okay. into the beta and alpha amylase phases. So we can argue all day about it, but it's... Oh, start, no, it's a discussion. It's, it, right, or not argue, but it starts at 113. Yeah. Uh, and that's after a beta gluconase, which that's uh, it's your best gum break, but... 
for what we're working with with these highly modified malts that we have right now that like weren't the same 20 years ago or you know 15. they've been they, the science has been shat on them it, it correct so your pro tea starts at 113 goes to 131 right that's a good rest uh beta is anywhere between 131 and 150 that produces maltose that's a bigger chain uh, and then alpha amylase between 154 and 162, if you choose to jump that high, uh, produces a variety of sugars, including maltose, which is what you get in the beta. Uh, but really depends on what sort of style you're working with. So very much style dependent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what, what we kind of accomplished with the protein rest is kind of what you were saying. Um, it, it can break down some of the uh, longer chain proteins or sugars and turn them into medium length chains uh, or even chop up those those moderate to short chain and make them smaller, like down to their component form. Uh, hold it for so um, research I did said a 15 to 30 minute hold in the proteinase range, which is mm-hmm. uh, 131 to 137 yep. in, that, in that like mid 130s. Sounds about right. Um, can possibly diminish haze. Uh, and not negatively impact the body because if you hold it um, in nope. that in that one thirteen to one twenty eight, you're going uh, in that in that peptidase mm-hmm. range. You're going to chop up those those moderate to short down into their base components, and that's going to negatively impact your long chains. True. Now are we talking about uh, chill haze? <laughs> I don't think we're. I don't think you and I ever talk about haze haze. No, we're yeah, yeah, we're t- we're talking we're talking about the haze that you well, okay. The haze that you don't want you don't want chill haze is kind of what we're talking about. We're talking right. about the precursor. If you go back to our chill haze episode. We're not talking about the We're not talking about the stupid haze that people are putting <laughs> in their beer now. Um, we're talking about haze haze. Um, and I know I I need to stop saying that. It's a thing. It's here to stay. But I don't we work so hard to make our beer clear. Like <laughs> I don't agree with that. It's hazy beer and then whatever white claw, I, which I like. White claw. I know, and you're a hazy beer fan too. No, I'm not. Oh no, nope. nope. You're a hazy beer and white claw. Hate no, them both. No, no. Well, no, I like the white claw. I don't like. I don't mm. like the hazy beer. Okay, I was I was trying to figure out where white claw came in there. I was like, Brian drinks a lot of white claw. I don't know what. Yeah, it's it's because it's a hundred calories. Well, I mean, if we go back to our last episode, you know, we can figure yeah. it out. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, and yeah, correct, like, um, and then correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, if you know you have a high protein malt, um, avoiding, uh, so, well, yeah, we'll not talk about that because that, that one I'm iffy on. Um, but uh, when brewing with unmo- under-modified malt, you should rest in the 131 to 137 range just to... Uh, increase that that breakdown, right? And these days you have to try to find under modified. Yeah, like your buddy growing malt in his backyard from some sort of legacy strain that he pulled out of a hipster's mustache. Good lord! Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the most pure malt. <laughs> All right. All right. Um. Yeah. So, like, as a whole, now, do we like as as a home brewer? Do we need rest? And then on the pro scale, like, do you do a lot of rest? No. No? No. Uh, the brew system is plumbed for a decoction rest, but 
the secondary reasoning behind plumbing it that way was to make it more like a five vessel system while it's working as a three vessel. Okay. So uh, since we don't have that much under modified, uh, are there a lot of rests? No, you don't really need to worry about that a ton. Um, it, it's definitely way more fun and easier uh, when you're doing it, on a, doing it on a homebrew level. That said, uh, how do we do it? Uh, in, in your setup, uh, have you got a hot liquor tank? Uh, or can you do what's called a decoction? It kind of lengthens your brew. Day. Yeah. So let's let's kind of let's talk about like how to do these on the on the homebrew mm-hmm. schedule. So let's start with the decoction because that's the old school way. Mm-hmm. I have had uh, multiple people. One of them, uh, Mr. Fredrickson, says yeah. that I at some point I need to do a decoction mash just so I know how much it sucks. Um, and I told him to go fuck himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I will never do a decoction mash because I have seen one. Well, I was part of one. And they did a five-step decoction mash because they were dumb, and they were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna brew a traditional lambic." If it's under modified malt, then it makes sense. And there's like wheat in the grist and some other things. Yeah. It makes sense. Well, and so some people say you get like some Maillard reaction with the malt while you're heating it up and stuff. So what yeah, a deco- hopefully. So what 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 a decoction mash is? We should probably define that before we start talking about it. Yep. Is you are taking an amount of mash out of your mash tun. Putting it into your kettle yep. or another vessel and bringing that up to uh, a temp and adding it back in to bring the temperature of your mash up to um, your rest temperature. The, the hope is that you get it to the perfect temperature to, uh, you know, add it back into the main mash to get it to a secondary or tertiary temperature. Yes. So you need to understand your system to the to the bitter end. You need to calculate that efficiency on your system. Uh, there's all kinds of resources out there. Yep. But doing a decoction is, is not for the faint of heart. It's tough. No, and it lengthens your brew day substantially. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so that is that is like the old school way of doing it. Some people say it gives you a more complex flavor in your finished product and you get all these things. So what I dare you to do then is do a side by side. Do a side by side. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it either. (laughs) I have read enough of Brewlosophy where they have done it, where I don't need to do the uh, decoction. There's some things where I will try to do the side by side. That's not one of them. Um, And then so the other one uh, you're talking uh, NHLT or hot liquor tank. Yep. uh, And you bring that up to a specific temperature and then cycle that through your mash to bring it up. Correct. Like if you if you're that savvy with the pumping situation, like you know if that's what you can do with your equipment, uh, depends on how complex your equipment is. So yeah. Yeah. So um, if you're if you're at like the the kettle cooler level, the coction I think is really your only way to do. Steps. Yep. There are creative ways to do it, which we could get into. But well, I mean, we can. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, so like if you're doing brew in a bag, that one's a little oh, easier because you can heat yeah, it up. You have to, yeah, you'd have but you got to be careful. T- change your, you know, keep a decent thermometer in yep. there and see what you're doing. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, because you because like, you can direct fire your mash tun then. Yeah. So if you have a steel, Caref- ma- careful not carefully, to scald. Do not scald your grains because <laughs> that would be badong, bad and badong. wrong. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to Kung Pao. Enter the fist. There it is. All right. All right. What do we got? Some listener. Uh, mails. Yeah, we we have we have the listener mail that started all of this. 
I, many Christmas. Did, uh, I got this and I was like, hey man, did you see this one? Oh, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, um, I, I had this pulled up and then things closed on me. I'll get there in, in uh, you know, two shakes of a cat's tail or whatever the thing is. Shake, shake. Shake, shake. Good lord. We're loading. Alright, well, we're... We're there. <laughs> Again. Alright, All right, okay. Um. Alright, should I just read the entire thing and then we'll kind of hit it there? Yeah, why yeah, not? Uh, first, thank you ever so much for your comprehensive answer to my brewing question, and I'm very happy that my nationality is returned to Norwegian. You're like, you're, you're, sorry you're about welcome. that, bud. We're sorry. Uh, great idea for doing water f- uh, profile from Blam. I wouldn't have thought of that myself. Uh, so his previous question was about the the Belgian. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Grain Bell is usually fairly close, to the, or the one that you suggest is fairly close. Uh, for Saison, 70% Pilsner, 20% Munich Light, and 10% uh, candy sh- syrup. So I think what he was saying in the in the message is that we were pretty close on what he, yep, you know, what he usually But then does. we, we kind of cast him a water profile. and Yep. All right. Um, and then a question about ferulic acid rest, which is kind of uh, what we did. Uh, how do you actually do it? I uh, he says, as I understand it, uh, for like SRS works best at pH above 5.7. Yeah. Uh, do you do any acid addition before? I know you prefer acid melt. Do you emit acid melts when you do this? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so if you're doing this and actually anytime and you then brew, add. anytime you brew, unless you really know your system and your water, I recommend do not add your acid malts until you've had a chance to check, check your mash, the mash pH. pH. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, uh, adjust and then uh, on a pro scale, like we adjust the kettle pH as well. Oh, okay. With a phosphoric, uh, there is you can also adjust kettle pH with lactic, but then what we worry about is getting a sour uh, note. Exactly. So the phosphoric is, and it's like a, th- a thumbnail, like it's a it's a a cap, like a bottle cap size of. Well, I mean, it can be more than that. It's an ounce or so. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a small a amount just to correct the kettle pH before boil. Um, so, and then do you monitor the pH as it drops down during the rest yes. and stop the rest when you are low enough? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So you want to be in that in that range and stop it there. Um, yeah. So just monitor it. Otherwise, like, if you don't have a pH and you want to do this rest, I'd say 10, 15 minutes, maybe, maybe 20. Yeah. Less than, no, like more like 10 to 15. For doing a, a ferulic? Yeah, maybe yeah. 20. Oh, it seems a bit much. 20 would be on the on the very like it, outside. It depends on how modified the malt is. How modified the malt is and what your what your water is. If you're mm. working with very soft water, you might want to go a little bit longer. Uh, if you're, yeah. Um, so he brews in two electric single vessel systems, 130 liter and 160 liter. Both have a false bottom. Uh, and come with a stainless grain basket. Sometimes he uses them as intended. Other times he uses them in tandem. One is an HLT, uh, and one is a mash ton, and the other, or uh, and the other is a boil kettle. Um, and they're both electric. I said that. Yep. Um, when you're done with the frilic acid, do you add hot water? Or do you heat the mash ton directly through every step on the way to the mashing dip? If you have the ability, add hot water. Right. Depends on your kit. Yep. Um, you you run less of a chance of scorching the grain that way. Especially with those heating elements, and I would keep the try to keep those below the grate on the yeah. mash tun if that's possible. But yeah, all right, uh, let's always. see. Great hop suggestion. Glad you didn't uh, suggest Amarillo. <laughs> uh, it has always come across as a overripe fruit to me. Wait, we didn't. <laughs> no, no, we uh, we went with lemon drop. Ah, oh, we did a good job then. Yeah. 
Uh, I've never used Lemon Drop and been looking for an excuse to brew with it. Well, this is a great one. Uh, how much would you suggest using for a 22 to 23 liter batch? So 19 liters is five gallons. Um, I would, uh, so Saison, what? Not uh, much. Yeah, like look at, look at, do an IBU calculation. Yeah. I think is the, really then, the only you know, way to you say You could that. circulate the wort through the Lemon Drop too and make it a flame out situation. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and that might give you a little bit of that lemongrass character that kind of bodes well with the uh, like a saison yeast. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you add it? Uh, and when would you add it? Hot cider in the fermenter? I would. I would add it hot side. Hot side. Don't don't fuck with dry hop in a saison yeah. unless you're really trying to. Uh, usually prefer dry hopping directly in the serving keg. Um, oh, because uh, it's just it's just fresher. Fresher. Uh, I mean, I would honestly do hot side and then taste it. And if you want some more of that freshness. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw it in the serving keg. Run it through, yeah. Uh, never used Y East 3724, but have used White Labs W. Oh, we did talk about 565 on several occasions. The DuPont strains. Fickle nature, I believe, is due to back pressure from the airlock, CO2 poisoning, or a combination of the two. Oh, that's a long conversation. Right. Um, I have I have found after some research that an open fermentation uh, uses some loose aluminum foil over the uh uh over the airlock. Yeah, I always used to put aluminum over the airlock, uh, regardless if it was a blow-off or not, because there's always going to be air gaps, and there's always yep. going to be flies trying to get in regardless. Um, Especially if you have a lot of beer fermenting in a small area. After three days, he fills the airlock with star sand, and the fermentation is never halted after he started doing this. Um, he always pitches uh, WLP uh, 565 at 18 degrees C, which is, what, like 60 degrees Fahrenheit, I think. Google Uh, it. Celsius to Fahrenheit. 18. 64. I was there. I was this close. Okay. Um, And yeah, so. uh, One last question. Do you find the temperature will rise significantly on its own in a five gallon batch? Always. Yes, it will. Uh, If you don't have significantly, if you don't have temp correction, but what I feel about. 565 or 3724 is that they're always going to rise. But if you let them rise too quickly, then they're going to burn out. And then so he says that um, he always has an issue or like they always stay at 18 to 22. And he has an issue getting it up over like the 28 to 30 at the end of fermentation. So Ooh. I would say, um, how are you measuring your temp? Because the the temperature at the center of your fermenter is going to be higher than at the edge. Like if you have like just like one of those surface um, things you can probably count on another degree or two on the inside, uh, especially during active fermentation. Yep, agreed. All right. Um, I hope we answered a lot of your questions. Some of these are we're going to cover soon in a yeast series. Um, Brian, your molars are floating. Go take care of that, and I'll get us out of here, man. All right. Do it. I am. You go take care of your situation. Fuck. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerstudios.com. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash Follow us on Twitter at blindnerstudios.ninja. And I forgot to mention this at the top of the episode again, so I'll have to do it again next week. But um, if you have a favorite uh, Homebrewbound show, please let us know. We want to know for our 200th episode. We're going to try to do something fun with that. So please do that, and we'll see you guys next week.